with issue for all women. Hello, Hannah here, and welcome to this episode of Standard Issue, where we three are picking some of our favourite gig casts for a section that we have completely originally titled A Blast from the Past. Discarded suggestions include a guffaw from before, ye oldie gig casts ye might have missed, and Mammary Lane, colon, funny women we have convinced to come on stage with us, comma, a retrospective. Now, this one comes from way back in 2017. 2017? Remember how young and beautiful I was then? It stars The Boss, obviously, Claudia Winkleman, Sharon Horgan and Sandy Toxvig. And I've picked it for a few reasons. Firstly, because it was Mick on hosting duties. So that makes me look really bloody magnanimous. I don't need to tell you how great I am. We all know it. Instead, I'm letting Mickey, God bless her, revel in the glory. But I mostly picked it because Father Christmas and all his elves, did you hear that lineup? Mad though this sounds, we've actually discussed if this gig wasn't actually too funny. I mean, Toxic tells a story in which she calls Sheila Hancock both the loveliest woman in showbiz and a cunt. How are you supposed to not laugh at that for the next 20 minutes? Anyway, I hope you enjoy a re-listen as much as I did, or indeed a listen if you're new to this. I know some of you are likely back at work, so I hope this cheers up your day. Although, sympathies, being back at work blows. Although not as badly as being back at work and not being able to listen to this gig cast. Happy New Year, lads. Speak to you in 2024. Welcome to Standard Issue. Please welcome to the stage Sandy Toxfair, Claudia Winkleman and Sharon Horgan. I wish I wasn't the only one drinking beer. (laughs) Yeah, we have noticed that. (laughs) Also, can I just share this with the group? We don't know what they're asking us. We're here because we will just all do whatever Sarah says. Like, (laughs) no, honestly, we all turned out. I saw Sandy, I was like, what is it? And when I was dropped off, they said, no, 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 it's definitely the Hippodrome. I was like, oh, dancing (laughs) for Sarah. I mean, whatever Sarah wants. So we have no idea what you're asking. I don't even know if there's a theme, if this is a quiz night. We are in... (laughs) We are in the dark. I just want you to know that. Can I just point out that I did tell them all what we were doing? <laughs> you did. But they just don't read their fucking emails. I don't. <laughs> it was from Sarah. Can you make these dates? It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> I did text you last week saying, am I seeing you? And if so, where is it and what is it? <laughs> but now that I know that you're so keen on dancing, Claudia, we could do the Hippodrome next time for sure. Of course. The two yeah. of you. Tassels. The huge. It's happened before. It's a totally different night to what you guys were expecting, right? <laughs> and now the rumba. <laughs> Where's our balls? Yeah. Oh. Why didn't you let him? Lot. Why didn't you let him win, Claudia? Why didn't I let him win? Yeah. He sort of won, didn't he? Yeah. He won our hearts. Can you but, ring yeah. it? Can you fix it? Oh, well, I've done it. Oh, no, no. <laughs> I, Tess, I... say this name. <laughs> this person is the nicest. No, of course I don't. I never know anything because they've... This is so boring, but I'll tell you this quickly. Is whenever they tell me a secret or they tell me names before they tell the press, I always just tell everybody because I think that's the shiz. So when I was doing It Takes Two, they said, Claudia, come in. It's quite serious. We're going to tell you all the names. Don't tell anyone. I said, of course I went, I love, I'm so good at secrets. Just rely on me. Like, look at my face. Nobody, nobody, nobody. And then I got in the lift, I swear to God, 20 minutes later, with this like, young, cool guy who was like, oh, are you doing the uh, sister show to Strictly? I was like, yeah. And they were like, who's doing it? And I told him the whole thing. I was like, I can't believe it. I was so excited about this one. And then they went to the producers and went, right, yeah, she's really leaky. So, <laughs> on so many levels. Anyway. But he didn't know that. And, uh, and, so, and so now I don't know anything. They don't tell me the winner until Tess has said the name. Anyway, I'll stop speaking. So do you, do you find out the winner when the public finds out the winner? I know. That's why my face. Tess is told because she's grown up and brilliant. 
and is a, a professional. And if you ever see the shot, so Tess says the name and there's always me going... <laughs> Great. Don't tell me anything ever. Okay, first question to Claudia. How good at secrets are you? <laughs> okay, first question. I'm going to ask Sharon. What never fails to make you laugh to really make you crack up? Oh, um, I was just saying earlier, uh, it's such a boring answer. Snapchat, face swap. Um, <laughs> if, if you do a, a good face swap, that's, that to me is the, the, the funniest that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. My, 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 my daughter uses Snapchat a lot and she face swaps with anything. Like if there's like a cat face on a deodorant, not that there would be, that's ridiculous. But uh, okay, would, on the tin of cat food. I would buy that deodorant uh, though. But she'll, she'll face swap with any kind of an inanimate object and then I'll see her little face on the thing and then the ridiculous, you know, graphic image in her face. That's the funniest thing I've ever seen uh, in my life. So forget about uh, comedy or anything like that. It's face swap. I didn't really. I don't really know about Snapchat. I feel like it's passed me by. I thought it was just knobs. <laughs> why? Thought, why did you think it was knobs? It's just knobs. I thought people sent you pictures of their knob because it disappears really quickly. Doesn't no, it? that's that's chat roulette, isn't that? That's knobs. I think. <laughs> what is the thing with the knobs then? I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Wait a wait a minute. Are there apps just for penises? <laughs> So many, so many. We're living in a man's world, Sandy. <laughs> Sandy, all those penises out there you never knew about. You must be, uh, you must be gutted. And you know, weirdly, I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> so you're asking about what makes people laugh, right? Um, my terrible thing, which is my sort of naughty secret, is that a really uh, good death makes me laugh. Okay. <laughs> And uh, my favourite is related to penises. Um, if, you, if you go to Trafalgar Square and you go to what was the Rhodesian High Commission but is now the Zimbabwe uh, Embassy, there are, eight, there, are 18, <laughs> there are 18 statues carved on the outside of the building. And these were carved in Victorian times and they were thought to be rather risque because the, the statues were naked. Uh, and uh, they don't any longer have penises because uh, in 1932, a man, a perfectly innocent man, was walking along and one of the penises, which was quite large, fell off and killed him. And I... <laughs> and I oh, that's, that's and a good death. You shouldn't laugh, but... <laughs> and so they had all the other ones cut off. And I always think... The stonemason who got that gig, who was told to go along and get rid of 17 willies. Um, and has somebody still got them, do you think? I, maybe they're around. I don't, yeah, maybe like paperweights in the commission. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So not funny for the man in 1932, With and that- yet still funny. I, I'm, I'm really scared of flying and like any, anywhere, any sort of length of journey, I'm scared of flying. I remember flying back to um, Dublin one Christmas and the plane I was going to get on had like a, a sort of red nose kind of reindeer painted on the front of it. And that's the only time I've got on a plane and went, there's no way this is going down because yeah. that would just be, that would just be too funny and, <laughs> and ridiculous. That would be great. Though, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. A plane is missing. You'll recognise it if you see it. It's called Rudolph. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Claudia, what makes you laugh? Um, well, this is going to sound sick, but I'll say it anyway. Because um, my favourite thing is kids who are really grumpy. My children. <laughs> who, so my five-year-old at the moment is livid. Livid. About? Just everything. No, I did not even say that. If the toast comes, it's... I can't believe... Anyway, just livid. Frustrated. um, Unbelievably thick, we think. And... um, (laughs) Like... Unfathomably stupid. Um, I didn't want it to be so dark at five o'clock. Mummy, I I promise that I asked for it not to be... We're like... <laughs> and my husband and I are like w- weeping, weeping. He's so grumpy. We think it's because he's the third, so he never gets to choose anything first. We're like, you want this? You want this? Oh, did you? Oh, right. Okay, so <laughs> we're doing this. We're playing steaks and ladders. This is what we're eating. Suck it up. And so, and now for the first time, he's rebelling, and we have to leave the room. I mean, yesterday I just almost walked into a door. I was crying with love. There was something about a balloon he'd been promised. It goes up, it goes down, and then, why is this happening to me? I was like, 
And my shoulders are shaking. Anyway, yeah, funny. Come to mine. He's funny. I'm in, I'm in love with him, but he's funny when he's grumpy. What never fails to really piss you off, make you angry? Oh, I'm constantly livid. No, I'm not. I'm trying to think of something. I don't get angry. I try not to get angry because I just get orange and read out loud and it feels easier. Um, you know... You, you, don't, you don't like unkindness. I know that about you. I don't, no, I don't. That makes you irritate. Yeah. It does. Yes. Because yeah. it, we're only here for four minutes, so you might as well smile and make somebody a cup of tea. <laughs> Sandy? Uh... Yeah, I, I don't like being asked about what makes me cross. I, like <laughs> <laughs> I get really mad if I'm asked. Um, I don't like injustice. Um, I can't bear that a misogynist is about to enter the White House. That makes me furious. Um, I don't like some of the way in which the press use language casually. Uh, you know, uh, are offensive, I think, casually. There's a kind of thing, accepted thing now, of being not nice to people. And, and it's old-fashioned. I like people being nice. So uh, I don't do... What is it? You taught me about Twitter. You taught me oh, about I'm Twitter. S- did I introduce... I didn't introduce you. I don't do it. I can't be bothered, oh, darling. That's what I told you. I've got far too much to say. <laughs> I can't be bothered to shorten what did, it. What did I tell you about... <laughs> <laughs> what did I tell you about You explained Twitter? me how it worked once. Oh, did I? Yeah, do you do it still? Yeah, I, yeah, I do. Uh, Claudia and I were talking a little bit about this before, about when we, we did, we did uh, an, it was it an hour or two hours of comic relief we co-hosted? And I said, oh, I got so much shit on Twitter for that, uh, because apparently my resting face, my face when I'm uh, doing the serious stuff, while, while, well, while you were talking, doing the serious stuff, and I was just supposed to be listening, apparently my face looks like I'm really annoyed at famine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and not, not like in a usual healthy way that you should be, but like, oh, this again, for fuck's sake. <laughs> and some, somebody said I disrespected Africa because I had leggings on. <laughs> It was a really charming drive home uh, to read all of the lovely messages from people. I, if I do something, I won't go on it after. I, liked, I quite like Twitter, and people in general are lovely to me, but that's possibly because I don't read enough. But I don't... If I've done Strictly wearing a slightly odd outfit, when I've had three double-dip spray tans and I've done my own eye makeup, I'm not touching it. <laughs> I'm not going near it till Tuesday. And then I don't see... I don't backtrack. Were they happy with me? Oh, they are. They're happy with me. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do that. I think that's the best way to use Twitter, is to just go on it for fun, but not to look for uh, acceptance. No, well, also, if you, you... Not for the good or the bad. No, no, that's true. Because, because the you reason, have, then you have to believe both. Well, the reason I had leggings on for comic relief is because they're really fucking comfy. <laughs> And I thought that's that's what you know. It's that's hurt what you, people though. would want. It's hurt you. I think it's you're defensive about. Well, the yeah, but tights would have hurt me more because they always give me thrush. Oh. <laughs> and so better to get some shit on Twitter and have a lovely fanny. <laughs> that I'm gonna that that should be like my new title or catchphrase or something. Shouldn't it? I'm, I might actually tweet that. I might. <laughs> Join just be, uh, to tweet that. Yeah. A twat tweet. That would be good. <laughs> I'd like that. I have, I have tens of thousands of followers on Twitter and I don't say anything. And I, sometimes in the night I think, I'm just going to write boo. <laughs> and I don't know how, so I don't do it. <laughs> Sharon, what makes you angry? Oh, God. Um, loads of things. Um... All right, Mickey here with an advert for better help therapy online. You alright? Such a small question, and sometimes such a big question too, eh? Now, regular listeners will know I am no stranger to depression, and while over time, and with the help of some decent counselling and brilliant friends and family, I've established a toolkit to help when the constantly dripping tap of life gets a bit too much. That does not mean I am a stress-free human rainbow skipping through meadows. I mean, who is? We all carry around different stresses, big and small, and sometimes we can deal and sometimes it's much harder to cope. Life, in it? Right now, I have a teenage puppy to deal with, and although I love her very, very much, she can be a lot. There, said it. 
And as quick a fix as it seemed to say, I'm fine, I'm fine, and push it all down into the big inside box and put that lid on. For me, that hasn't been a great long-term solution in that if I don't get it off my chest, it will at some point come bubbling up and it's never been one to pick its moments in a good way. I find talking means I can avoid it exploding out of me like a messy emotional volcano all over my nana's carpet. Also, during my various times in talk therapy, I discovered that saying something out loud or writing it down can make it seem much more manageable than allowing it to swirl around and grow ever bigger in my head. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I've found knowing how to reach out is sometimes the toughest bit, but BetterHelp is entirely online. Boom which means it couldn't be easier. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a registered therapist, then work your sessions around your schedule. With more than a 1,000 therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Standard issue listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash standard. That's betterhelp.com slash standard. Are you quite an angry person generally or not? Um, I've definitely gotten angrier um, over the years or maybe just kind of less tolerant. Mm. Um, Yeah, I I, I find myself getting angry on a a sort of daily basis. Like something that makes me angry is people who don't know how to respond to just sort of social kind of niceness. You know, when you give someone a smile in the street or you know or someone who's serving you in a in a shop or or like a mum I might pass on it the school run if you give a smile and they just don't know how to deal with it and you get a sort of grimacey sort of mm, sort of face back that really that winds me up is that a regular thing for you is that a yeah (laughs) well you know I I think it's it's nice to sort of smile at at people do you get an so if if you smile and they don't smile back do you then just go or do you go fuck you you, yeah (laughs) what is what's your problem what's your problem with me (laughs) maybe the other people who don't smile at you have seen you in action (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know it just seems like such a simple thing i mean maybe people are sort of scared in general or people just don't know how no, to but you're right some people who don't say thank you if you've held the door open mm. or something oh god and then yeah. I always say you're welcome yeah. yeah 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 I love a bit of that I love a bit of street <laughs> random street aggro yeah, yeah. I was, if anybody's in front of me and they're too slow I always in my head and sometimes aloud say today would be nice uh, <laughs> so aggressive isn't it is that, is that when you're walking or in the car both it's, okay everywhere it's out of my way at the fridge, anything, loads of things. <laughs> what is it with people on public transport doing FaceTime? What is that about? Uh, on that public pe- transport? On no. public transport, yes. On no. Public tra- okay, so I, yes, um, okay, so I take the bus a lot because I think it's environmentally friendly, but it's not good for your head. And, uh, <laughs> and there was a woman on FaceTime giving out her password and her <laughs> sort code. I'm writing it all down. I'm thinking, <laughs> Can you not just pop up behind? in the face <laughs> <laughs> like, hold on a minute isn't that some detox thing behind you huh? you should definitely do that next time <laughs> can you guys tell me the best and worst thing about your work and life start with worst Sandy uh, so the worst thing uh a few things that have happened to me. I needed to go to the, so women in particular will appreciate this. I needed to go to the loo, and I was really desperate. Um, and it was I was out in the theatre, um, but it had one of those locks that doesn't quite lock. So you're left with a choice, right? You, you can. I really needed to go, but, and I'm not very big, but you have to sort of hover and hold the door <laughs> at the same time. Uh, so I thought, because oh, I, I haven't got very long arms, and this, I just thought, I'm just going to wee. It's clearly the door is shut. So I'm weeing like a really, like a donkey, like a really <laughs> big wee, and the door bursts open, and this woman goes, oh, I'm so sorry, and then she shut the door again, and then she bursts open again and went, you're Sandy Toxvig. <laughs> I said, um, you want to wait till I've washed my hands? I don't know. So, so Do you that, want it written in piss, love? <laughs> so that 
that's weird, right? That is, that is yeah. when people... And what is the so best... So that's the best thing. What's <laughs> the worst thing? <laughs> uh, the best thing, and this is a secret, is it's fun. It's fun what we do. I enjoy it. I'm 58 years old. I've been doing this for 35 years. I've laughed for 35 years. How fun is that? It's <laughs> Um, I'm not just, I feel so ridiculously lucky. I don't know how this has happened. And you should also know that I think my whole career, because it's been, because uh, I've been so lucky, it's just a construct that my parents have created to make me feel good. <laughs> so I think that they've employed, I don't think Strictly goes out. I think they've got, I think they've gone, make her feel good, build her up. I think these are brilliant lookalikes, and I don't know, well done for them casting all of you. I imagine that my mum's, yes, this is real, she believes it. So, so that's how I feel about everything I do. I just sort of can't believe it. I can't find a bad thing. At the moment, I really can't. I love the fact that I get to do different things. So on Radio 2, I can talk about the Bee Gees. When I say talk about, I mean, here are the. Um, <laughs> I like the fact that the Sunday Times are letting me write for them. I like the fact that then I can go get all excited in sequins. And so I feel, and the best thing by miles for me is how much time I am at home. So I think, I don't... What I do, I like what I do, but I don't even really mind what I do. The fact is, is that I can be there to take them to school, pick them up, and all of that. So that feels like some magical secret. And I know that that might be a horrible thing, because most of my girlfriends, who are all a million times smarter than me, leave the house at eight, and they come back at eight. And I feel honestly incredibly lucky, for the time being. I mean, I'll get fired next week, as we know. (laughs) (laughs) Sharon, the best bit about it now I guess is I, I get to do stuff that I, I really like like I, I don't find myself in a position much anymore where I'm kind of doing something just to earn a book and that seems like ridiculously um, privileged you know um, that I really enjoy it and I don't have to um, but it takes a while to get there though it takes it? Yeah, years yeah. and I spent years doing stuff I you know wasn't necessarily happy with or or stuff that I had to do to make a book and uh, so that, that feels great and also 99% of the time working with people I really like you know like surrounded by friends that's, that's is brilliant. this the one is this yeah, the, the one, one uh, <laughs> no no because there's always you know there's always a you know there's always a fine the ointment but um, there the, the, the downside I suppose there is two I mean sometimes I have to spend quite a bit of time away from my family unless when I'm writing I get your lovely position where I get to drop off and pick up and stuff but the other thing is photo shoots like when you have to advertise anything you're doing and you have to because you want people to to see it and watch it so you have to do uh, you know campaign things I'm such an awkward fucker in front of a a camera like with a photographer who puts on music and I hate him already I hate him because he's put on music would you want me to dance I'm not a monkey or you know I put I turn up and I think I don't look too bad they put makeup on me I look 50 times worse and uh and that, just that awkward, awful sort of pose like this kind it's of horrific. feeling. It's horrific. It's, it's my least... It's horrible. And somebody once said to me, the way to take a good photo is to look down, okay, and then you look up and you think of absolute filth. <laughs> and that's the way to take... <laughs> apparently, like, whatever it is, but, like, filth by the bin, like, whatever, your, your own personal filth. Look down, you look up, and... And I was like, right, I'm going to take this on board. The Christmas photos that year, quite weird. (laughs) Really, really weird. (laughs) I'm there with my Uncle Alan. The baby is dressed as Rudolph is on my lap. And I'm like, yeah, eat me. Fucking eat me. (laughs) So I... I, I, That's a a really good tip. I got a good tip for if you're a bit larger like I am. I once stood with... um, a woman either side of me who were about the same size as me, and when I looked at the photo, they looked sort of slimmer, and I looked what I looked like. And I was like, "How did you do that?" And they said to me, "Oh, what you do? You make sure that you're not the one in the middle." <laughs> and then, and then you took a boob behind the shoulder of the person in the middle. <laughs> so I did the, the next photo I had to do was because I hate photo shoots as well. The next time I was um, big fat quiz of the year, and I they do it at the beginning because the record is five hours, and by the end you just want to kill yourself 
And it was a f- so I was standing one side of uh, Jimmy Carr and uh, uh, Mel B was on the other side, who was like wafer thin. And I thought, I'm going to look like a fucking wardrobe standing <laughs> near her. So I tucked a boob behind Jimmy Carr. <laughs> but my favourite moment was when I told him I was doing it. <laughs> He said, I'm just tucking a boob behind you, Jimmy. And he went, oh, my God. <laughs> you liked it. But I, when you do stand-up, they often... They, your early days of doing uh, Edinburgh shows, you have to promote your shows to try and get people in and stuff, just like you were saying with any kind of product that you're trying to sell. And they always want you to do wacky things. Yeah. And, or they'll bring, like, um, like a, a plastic... You know, the um, what do they call them? The, uh, the chicken, the rubber chicken. They'll bring a rubber chicken, or they'll bring the nose with the tash and the glasses, yeah. which, to be fair, I've got most of that, all of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they do... They, it was a couple of times where they said, can you jump in the air? And they make you jump in the air. And just, my tits go up here if I jump in the air. Um, but my worst one, I think, was when... Uh, I was promoting the TV series and they had me in this uh, kind of velour bar. It was just everything in it was velour. And the guy brought out handcuffs. <laughs> and my PR lady said, I don't know what you're doing with that, but we're not doing that today. And, um, <laughs> it, now I just say I don't do wacky and it gets me away from a lot of things. One guy who was apparently... Uh, I was told that he was the most amazing photographer and I should really feel very yes, privileged yeah. to work with him. He said, oh, we have to give you different glasses because I can't take photos of people with glasses on because of the reflection. And I was like, I'm 41. Like, this has never fucking happened before. <laughs> so they made me wear different glasses so I didn't feel or look like me. And they had the gap in, you know, where you can put your finger in because he couldn't do photos. And you think, how good a photographer are you? <laughs> My dad can do this with a fucking iPhone. <laughs> They, they, you know when they do that thing where they try and buoy you up well, oh. by, when they know you're feeling awkward and you're doing these terrible awkward poses and everyone stands around they think if they tell you how great you look that it's going to help and it really doesn't it's, it's the absolute opposite you just want to go shut up just shut up everyone you're all liars I hate you I'm leaving but I think it becomes easier the, the longer you do it because you do become a bit more of an asshole and you do say things yeah. like I'm not holding that rubber chicken I had a yeah. I, think, like think of something better I had a guy uh, a photographer recently and he said to me he's taking the pictures and I hate we all hate it and he said this is what the people want Sandy and I said what range of people have you discussed this with <laughs> out of interest um, Was it a full demographic survey? Or... I don't think, given the choice, this is what the people want. There's, one, there's a photo in some, in some Edinburgh newspaper of me somewhere. It's probably Googleable, And the, the show was about my divorce. And they had me peeping out of uh, an old red telephone box for no reason whatsoever. He just said, oh, there's a phone box. Could you get in there and peep out of it? And I was like, OK. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the phone box was my marriage. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what he was doing. They are hideous. They are hideous, though. Oh, they always... I had one where they made me lie down and kick my legs back into, like, a cross. You know, oh. when you have your... Le- and then you're like, like this. With your- yeah, exactly. You're all, like, repulsed by it. And I'm not even... I'm not even in the glittery smock that they always make me wear because I'm not a size fucking 12. Have you, has anybody done adverts? Has anybody done adverts and had to try and no. sound like you care about the product? No, but I would. <laughs> like, <Okay>. boy, boy. <laughs> if anyone's here, carpet, sausages, <laughs> fucking anything. I was Write once, it down. I was once told, when, I, when I, quite, I was quite new, and I was asked to do if I could audition for a voiceover for an advert for the radio, and I thought, ooh, I'll give that a go. And they said, uh, we think you're perfect for the product, which always makes me think, oh, what the fuck's the product then? <laughs> <laughs> and it was soil. <laughs> soil? soil. I, have, I have the perfect voice for soil, apparently. <laughs> Thanks. I have never heard soil sold on the radio. That is... Who doesn't know about soil? <laughs> I, I did a. It didn't, it didn't go out. I did a. I did a television ad once for a bath cream cleanser, and um, and I'm busy with. I've got my gloves on and everything. And uh, and the director said to me, "Yes, said, it's not really working. Um, I wonder if you could give more oomph to cream and have a lot more fun with cleanser." 
That's going to be a no from me. That's, uh... <laughs> I did. Um, I did a tiny bit in. Uh, in a Christmas advert, a voiceover, uh, Christmas before last for uh, Debenhams, and it was a tiny bit, and I was doing it down the line. So I'm in, I was in Manchester at the time, and they're all in London, and they've got the headphones on and stuff. And I, and I had to say it, the part of it was to say, at Debenhams, at Debenhams. And I was doing it, you do it like a million times. And then at one point he said, oh, can you do that again? Because it's a bit too sexy. <laughs> I was fucking thrilled. <laughs> Nobody's ever told me I was too sexy before. Too sexy for Debenhams. <laughs> I think Ed Balls would be too sexy for Debenhams. <laughs> oh, thanks. I don't like... Yeah, voiceovers are very difficult because you can't... I haven't done many because I'm rubbish at them because they can hear my... That's what makes me angry. Um, uh, okay. I remember. But, but when they get... When, when you say as, can you just say... Can you just say it differently? No. <laughs> no. When you say sail now on, can you say it like, you're excited. Sail now on. Less excited. Sail now on. Like it's a sail that you want to go to, but you might... And it's now. What, three words. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> sail is now fucking on. <laughs> We'd all go to that sale. <laughs> I would. Totally, yeah. Curious as to whether you had strong female... I don't like the word role models. It feels like there's too much pressure, but strong females to look up to career-wise or just family-wise when you were growing up? Um... Well, even I kind of think just in work, like people. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of think it was anyone who was doing what I wanted to do and doing it really well. So, mm. like, it would have been when I was starting out, it would have been um, French and Saunders, you know, yeah. like being the not being the best, funniest women, just being the best, funniest people yeah. on on TV, and um, you know, but like Roseanne Barr or uh, Julia Davis when I, you know, started getting into her comedy, like anyone who I felt. Like, I used to do this thing where I'd go, would, you know, so-and-so do that? And, and it sort of, I think, helped me sort of find what my path was a bit more. So any kind of, like, strong female, even though that seems very narrow, but, you know, writer, performer, were sort of role models for me. I mean, and my mother. And your mum as well. <laughs> I was going to say, you got no. to work with Carrie Fisher. <laughs> yes. And that must have been pretty amazing. It was, it was incredible. It was... Uh, I only really properly got to know her and, and we're, we just finished filming the third series and uh, um, because I think it's hard sometimes when you're, when you're that famous to kind of open up and she, she was uh, kind of protective of herself a little bit and she liked being around people who knew her and so she could just be herself and, and for whatever reason this series we, um, you know, she took a shine to me and I, you know, had, had a massive crush on her for, for years and years and years. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience. She's just a, a wonderful, witty, constantly, we were just talking about it um, earlier, just yeah. constantly just funny and on it and, but really kind, like a really kind, kind uh, person, really loyal friend. And yeah, it was, it was such Fucking horrible, horrible <laughs> news. No, completely. Yeah. Claude? My, yes. So I was brought up by the strongest, most brilliant woman I've ever come across, who, um, my mum, uh, not somebody else. <laughs> she was raised by wolves. <laughs> we had a neighbour, she popped in. God, she was amazing. No, so um, uh, my mum uh, was a brilliant mother, She and we're incredibly close, she's putting my children to bed right now as we speak. And, uh, yeah, she was strong and fantastic and sort of taught me everything I know and everything I believe in being female. We weren't allowed any mirrors in the house, which would explain, by the way, how I do my makeup. <laughs> <laughs> and what I wear... Like, the fact that I look like I've slept in a skip because she... Uh, for me you, and my you... brother and for her and her husband... You know, she was... She taught us very early what, on. What about other reflective surfaces? No. <laughs> the oven. We didn't have an oven. No, we did. So you were constantly like, hello. Mum, I'm 15. I'm going out. Give me an idea. It's fine. I think 
that's, fine. That's really impressive to know if, because I I'm not brilliant with mirrors, and I stayed at my my parents' house uh, last Friday, and I realised that they have too many mirrors <laughs> and I realised that as soon as I just watched a fat lady have a shower uh, <laughs> they've got one in the bathroom that is exactly outside of why would you do that uh, I can only imagine that my that when they're in the shower they're sort of kissing their guns my family uh, but I think too many mirrors is her but, but no yeah, mirrors none. at all well her only thing that she was trying to teach us is this is a waste of time. I mean, perfectly fine if it looks all right, but that's nothing. It's not important. Not at the least. So, read books, be funny, be clever, be chatty. This is how you make an omelette. I made one, it was disgusting. Um, but incredibly supportive. I mean, by the way, gave me a standing ovation when I, when I made my first omelette. I mean, so incredibly supportive, but uh, be kind, be strong, you know, don't worry about all of this shiz, and, you know, staunch feminist... Uh, none of those Barbie dolls. Mummy, everybody's got a Barbie doll. That is not what women look like. You're not having one. Okay. Um, uh, so that, that was, she was my, and still is my role model. She sounds awesome. I'm just stuck on the mirrors thing. I can't, I can't stop thinking about it. I've got, I've got a friend who hates how she looks in the morning. Uh, and so she taught herself how to put makeup on without a mirror so that the first time she looked in the mirror... <laughs> What she saw wasn't too bad. I kind of do that sometimes. If I walk into the bathroom in the morning, I shut my eyes past the, the first mirror so I don't have to... A friend of mine who was always like minus four, minus five, had her eyes laser. Never really knew what she looked like. I, by the way, am also... I was born like minus 15. My eyesight is absolutely terrible. I've had a gazillion... You know, they gave me new eyes. Weird. Anyway, <laughs> let's not pull on that string. That's something else. Anyway, and they, she had her eyes laser. She had no idea what she looked like. She looked at herself in the mirror and she went, oh, shit. Because <laughs> in her head, she was like a bit rock and roll, fucked up. It was all just fuzz. I only see sort of fuzz. And she went back to Specsavers and said, You're, no, you've got to reverse this. Yeah. <laughs> And had it reversed, and she's just in a cloud of joy. <laughs> Whoever needs to see themselves. I, to- I totally understand that. You know how uh, when you, you put on makeup and you're supposed to use, like, a daylight mirror so you know what it looks like when you're out there? No way. I, 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 I set the lighting really sort of nicely. That's other people's problem, what I look like. <laughs> like, I apologise to them. It has got nothing to do with me. I'm, uh, I'm married to somebody who's much taller than me and she put all the mirrors up and I can just see the top of my... <laughs> so I see the top of my head. Which looks fine. She offers to lift me up sometimes. <laughs> subject of Claudia's mum, I've got an apology. Can I pass on an apology? Yes. Um, So my husband was on 15 to 1 with your mum and... (laughs) Was my mum on 15 to 1? Do you love parents and children? I've never once asked her a question about herself. And... and, She was on 15 to 1. What does she do? So you know how it's a semicircle on 15 to 1? So Gary was... I haven't seen it. So Gary was at one end and your man was next one along and he said, when he knew I was seeing you today, he said, can you pass an apology on to Claudia's mum because he was so nervous that he farted the entire time. (laughs) And she was so polite, she didn't mention it at all. She loves wind. We're big on wind. (laughs) She would have had no issue with that. Um, Can I just say on that uh, that uh, I didn't say who was the role model and I just would like to say because it's a fantastic uh, thing. Uh, Your mum is an old friend of mine and I think she's amazing but um, Sheila Hancock uh, who is in her 80s now is one of the greatest women in show business. So when I was 19 years old uh, I was desperate to be anywhere near a theatre and uh, between uh, terms at university I got a job working on the electrics crew on the musical Annie at the Victoria Palace Theatre and the musical had uh, a series of New York skyline buildings that went across the stage on a treadmill like this and they lit up and it looked fantastic Uh, and my job, they hired me because I was small, was to to get on the back of the Empire State Building (laughs) 
was fame of a sorts. And, um, <laughs> and ride across the M- on the stage behind, nobody could see me, and then unplug it, um, and then run underneath the stage and get onto the Chrysler building. That was uh, my like start. Like sh- King Kong. Yeah. <laughs> That was my start in show business. Anyway, uh, Sheila Hancock was playing Miss Hannigan. She was the star of the show. She was amazing in the show. Uh, And I was the lowest person in the entire building. So one night, I'm running to get onto the Chrysler building, and I bump into Miss Hancock. And, of course, I stopped because she was the star of the show and uh, to let her go first. And she said, no, no, Sandy, your cue is well before mine. She knew my name. And she knew what I did, and I have never... She is now one of my dearest friends in the world, but I have never forgotten it, and that taught me how to behave in this business. Do that. That's so lovely. She's a cunt to me now, but... um... a good word. (laughs) Can I ask you what you think the best thing is about getting older? Oh, Claudia, that was a good Sorry, I can't remember the question. (laughs) (laughs) You're Sarah, right? Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes. I, for me, I think the, the best thing about being older is that I give less of a shit. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. That's possibly the only thing, I think. No, I think I love getting older. I think I wouldn't be a day younger. I think it's fantastic. And and you see these young people on television, they go, all I want to be is famous, I'll die if I'm not famous. They go, go and die, really. It's... (laughs) (laughs) Say what you like, dress how you like. Fart as you like. I do, honestly, I think getting older is the most fantastic thing. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. It's my fa- I wouldn't go back. And if I think about... I was all angsty. Am I doing the right thing? Am I saying the right thing? Am I wearing the right thing? Am I kissing the right thing? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did you not have a diagram? <laughs> it was November. Uh, 1993. Uh, turns out, no. Um, anyway... <laughs> Um, and as I got old, I couldn't give a monkey's. I absolutely, I, I love it. It is my favourite thing. There'll come a point where I'll go, no, I'd just like to stay here, please, so that I can just watch my children and my friends and everything else. But I, I'm 45 on Monday, and I love it. I absolutely love it. I tell you what, the other thing that's lovely, the other thing that is really lovely is if you finally get lucky enough to be happily married, it's just like the best thing on the planet. It is. It's just wonderful. I just hate everything about us. <laughs> I don't get it. I am scared of death, so I'm getting closer to death uh, all the time, every day. That's shit. And, uh, and I, I just don't love the ageing process. I, I don't enjoy, uh, you know, when things are saggier and, uh, you know, more sort of just decay, just decay. Just, I just don't enjoy the, the decaying of me. That I'm, that I'm slowly rotting. But, uh, but I do, I do, lo- I do like that I give less of a shit now. I, I, I like that I take less shit. And you wouldn't be able to tell this, but I'm smarter now than, than I was. I, I, I know that. Like, I, I've learned stuff and I've gotten better at things. So that's nice, but that's, Ish. That's it. But yeah. you mustn't be scared of death, really, because like it can't be that bad. Hardly anybody ever comes back. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be scared of a general anaesthetic, and then I had one, and it was lovely. Oh. So I think death is just a big one of them, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. If you've ever had morphine. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you know the way children are scared of death. You know the way kids constantly talk when, they, especially when they're really young, it, it frightens them because they don't. They don't understand it. They don't know. It's just a horrible concept. That's how I feel. When, when my eight-year-old gets, you know, upset about death, I'm like, I know. 
parents to get old I don't want my kids to, yeah oh, I want my kids to get old obviously that would be terrible if they you know stopped aging but ah. you totally want your kids to get old and go away seriously <laughs> <laughs> you do. No. never never if I had met my husband I'd still be living at home I'm sort of basically still living at home when uh, two months after we got married I'll never forget my mum obviously has keys uh, came round and <laughs> came upstairs and said to my husband like quite, quite a serious face we hadn't been together that long and we got married and, uh, and she went budge up budge up and he, <laughs> he just went okay I mean I'm taking this all on but is this this is this is all fine with you I was like yeah budge up <laughs> so no nobody's ever leaving <laughs> we all just stay together the other thing I love about getting old is I, I'm now bold, brave enough to say I hate parties. There's lots of stuff I hate that I now don't do. That's, yeah, I get it. That's get that. brilliant. Do you want to come over? It's Thursday. I'm having like a friend. She's going to teach us how to make nachos and then we'll do like a Zumba. No. There's nothing part of that night that I want to do. Yeah. That is getting old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was at a mutual friend's. <laughs> I was at a mutual friend's. You popped in for five minutes. But I still had my ignition on. Came in, picked something up. I was like that five hours later. I haven't seen the car. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. She stayed because she ran out of petrol because the car's still going. <laughs> five hours. You've got a five minutes. But that was three of us putting the world to rights. That was, yeah. That was fine. But yeah, standing around, parties. Hey, I've got a fancy dress thing. It's outside London. Are you in? <laughs> Fuck off. Delete me from your SIM card. That's how in I am. I, I, I didn't even get to midnight on New Year's Eve. I mean, I, I like to party, but, you know, on my terms, when I'm ready, when I, when I want to. And I went to a New Year's Eve party and it was the kids were there as well. So I created this whole fake lie that the kids they don't look like. I think I better I think I better get the kids home just to get out of there. I left it like twenty to twelve. I couldn't. <laughs> you I'd said had go home and talk about death. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do show business parties because I can never remember who anybody is. So I really struggle. And uh, so I... Sheila Hancock didn't teach you anything, really. <laughs> Famous people. I don't know. I can't remember famous people. And I went to a party that I didn't realise was being sponsored by some Hello magazine. And they said to me when I arrived, would you have your photograph taken with this person? And I didn't hear what they said because I wasn't really... I often don't pay full attention. And it was a man in a crumpled linen suit with the spectacles and sort of sandy hair. And we had to stand and have champagne like this. And I was smiling like this. And I thought it was Alan Bennett because he looked a bit like Alan Bennett. And I, he didn't know who I was, clearly. And we were just smiling like this. And, uh, and a week later, there's a photo in Hello magazine of me with my good friend David Hockney. <laughs> no fucking idea. I don't, and also I think maybe I've got been to. I can't place anybody anymore. Did I go to school with them? Did I yeah. go on holiday with them? Yeah. Did, uh, uh, have they been on Strictly? I, I've absolutely. I've got no idea. When we leave Strictly, the lovely people they say, "Can you write down five names of like people that you would love to do the show?" I have never not written down five people who have already done it. <laughs> Never not. I'm like, Alicia Dixon would be awesome. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, my most, my, my, most, my favourite moment was once meeting Harold Bishop from Neighbours about oh, 15 years ago, who right. I assumed I knew. And when he was like, no, I don't, I was like, of course I know. I like, literally, uh, I was mounting him. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. You're fine. I said, cunt, you're all right. <laughs> Sandy, Claudia Hello. and Sharon, you've all got daughters, correct? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. And um, my son, who's here tonight. Yeah. Okay. Yay! I don't know where he is. He's the loveliest boy on the planet. Aww. It's not about men tonight. <laughs> not about He's a men. feminist. Yeah. He's like the most feminist person I know. Yeah, we're still cutting that bit out. Yeah. So. <laughs> Do you, do you feel a big responsibility to teach them about the world? What, what would you like your daughters 
to know most to be able to survive as women in today's world? Wow, that's easy. Um, <laughs> the thing is, mine are all grown up now, and, uh, and they teach me, although sometimes it's a bit annoying. So I was getting on a train the other day, and my daughter is 28. She said, have you got enough money, Mum? I said, it's not a fucking saga outing. <laughs> I said, I have done trains before, you know. <laughs> so mine are all cooked and gorgeous and fabulous, and they're feisty women, uh, which I'm proud of. One is a photographer who runs her own business, and one is a junior doctor working her ass off. Uh, working her ass off in A&E uh, with people who are not actually sick. Um, <laughs> So, uh, does, the, does your daughter, who's the photographer, does she make people do wacky things? <laughs> She's very keen on a phone booth. <laughs> uh, the lovely thing about having daughters is that the dialogue continues and they teach me more now, I think, about the world and the way the world functions than I can possibly teach them. Uh, and I just love the continuing conversation. But it started when they were little, we used to sit at the table and I used to make, even when they were very small, I used to say to them, right, everybody tell me one thing that I didn't already know. And that could include, did you know balloons can be popped? You know, or whatever, um, or whatever it is that they, and their small minds, uh, and they've sort of carried on doing that. They carry on teaching me. It's oh, fab. They're brilliant. Good. Claudia? Um, yes, but I also, I know this might also be cut out. I think it's very important that I teach my sons yeah, uh, how they should look after women and worship women and respect women and all of those things. Um, so I try and teach the three of them. Yes, I mean, look, I think they're growing up in a very... Di- but this is what an old person would say, which I love, in brackets. Um, <laughs> I think they're growing up in a very difficult time. Yeah. I, really, I don't really like social media. I don't, I, don't under- I don't really understand anything. It seemed to me that I would just be wandering around in a pair of faded jeans and occasionally smoke a fag. That was as exciting as everything. It now feels quite competitive, and I'm, I'm nervous about them for that. But um, they're never leaving, so, yeah, I'll be looking after <laughs> them. Um, I, do, I, I don't know, because I feel like I fuck up all the time as a parent, and I feel like I'm, you know, constantly Is that learning. the death chats? <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly do. It's, it's, a terrible, it's a terrible truth. But um, I think I try and make sure that they know it's okay to be a bit weird or be a nerd or don't be part of the crowd. Like, when my daughter started secondary school, she so desperately wanted to be part of the cool girls. And I think maybe had been in primary, how cool you can be in primary, but, you know, (laughs) she found it difficult that she suddenly wasn't part of that. And just making sure that they embrace that, you know, that it's so important for them Mm. to to feel like an individual. I think it is really hard for, I mean, for all kids at the moment, but it's super hard for for girls. It's it's super hard to not... (sighs) not try and be a certain type or not sort of, you know, look a certain way or be aware of, you know, that they're pretty or, or whatever. Well, even knowing that somebody else is all having a party. You didn't know that before. I don't think I was ever invited. Oh, it's horrible. But I didn't know. Just like, well, I with my glasses and my Lego. That was fine. And uh, <laughs> I was charming. Um, but do you see Sounds that ideal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, yes, to embrace... The weirdness, to smile, to make eye contact, to ask questions and to be interested. And, and, I, they, and they surprise you, I think. They surprise yeah. you with your feistiness. I remember when Jessie, who's my oldest, was seven, and she grew up with two mums, and that was very unusual uh, 20 years ago. Uh, and I used to say to her, you know, if, uh, some people are weird about things that they don't, uh, haven't come across before. Mm. And uh, I said, sometimes it's because they don't know. And you have to help them with that. And you maybe meet people who don't have, haven't come across somebody who's got two mums before. So you need to help them with that. So she comes home from school, she's seven years old. She says, uh, Libby said today uh, in the playground, she said, your mum's a lesbian. And I went sort of cold because I thought, oh, God, I don't want her to get bullied in any way. And I said, oh, right. Um, and what did you say? And she said, I said, yes, that's right. Did you need more information? <laughs> said to me, she said, I thought she must be one of those ignorant people you tell me about. <laughs> Very well done, darling. Well done, Scott. <laughs> so they can, they can cope. They can do it. They can sort it. 
think Sarah put it really nicely. I think when you're at school and you're little, being different feels the worst thing in the world. But as you get older, being different is fucking great. They're the ones that stand out. All all the things that made me stand out as a kid made me stand out as an adult. And while that was hard as a kid, uh, all the people that blended in at school, which was the apparently good thing, are all the people that blend in as adults. And they're really Mm. boring Mm. as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, it sounds like now everybody's clapping. Sounds like some of them might be into like. <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are, you fuckers. <laughs> yeah, people just sitting there going, "I had a fine time at school, and I am a fine grown up." <laughs> Do you have any sort of special talent slash should we, party piece? Should I give them an example? Let's so, start with so, Sarah. This I do this every time. You all know I do this every time, and the only skill that I have, I think, is this. That. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, I, I learned how to do it because a friend of mine bought me a bike horn from a joke shop just as a daft present once. And whenever my uh, husband, and our husband at the time, boyfriend, used to crack a joke, and if I could be asked to respond or was tired, I'd just go back at him. <laughs> sort of a swallow run. Back at him. And then I thought, well, I can't carry this around. It wasn't very transportable, so over the course of two years, I just kept doing it until it sounded good enough to air in public. And now I do it fucking everywhere. It's like smear tests everything. Just, you know, when they're cranking it open, just then. It's it worry, gets a better worryingly response. good. It gets a better response than any of my jokes have ever got. <laughs> so I have to put it in every fucking show. <laughs> have any of you got anything that you... Any sort of pointless, useless skills you can trot out like that? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can do a very good impersonation of bacon frying, but... Uh, oh, please do. No, no, it oh. doesn't really work for a podcast. Is it oh, visual? Yeah. Are you just frying bacon in the impression? Uh, yeah. No, it's a any... smell you create. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I, feel, I, I, feel, I just feel bad that maybe you're all, oh, God, why did we... Uh, they don't have a party piece. <laughs> I can do a horse impression. Yeah, oh, yes, please. Okay. But it's not as good as the... That's okay. okay. Nothing is, love. <laughs> Damn good point. I'm going to turn around because this is only... This is audio. And if you look at me, you'll never look at me again. <laughs> just, um, just out of interest, does anybody know how to get phlegm off a microphone? <laughs> wow, you've made the seat moist and now the microphone. Oh, I, I wish just... I had a party piece. I mean, I'd love to be able to, you know, make the smell of bacon or either of those two things. But um, I, I, I don't. I, I mean, I'd love to be someone who could take out a guitar, you know, at a party. I taught myself the baron, which is the, uh, the Irish uh, upright drum, because I realised I had very little musical ability. and Maybe that was the one thing. I didn't want to be an asshole who plays the bongos. But so I thought, <laughs> I thought I, uh, and because it's cool, I'm Irish, I can play an Irish drum. But there was never a good opportunity. So, so there was only so many <laughs> times. I did it a lot. But uh, I think I've lost that skill now. No, I lost my bar on. Um, I was just going to ask before we uh, go, if anybody has anything they want to plug, any shows that are coming out? or when, when do we get to see Catastrophe again? I think it's the 27th of February. Oh, it's good! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you have your... Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you have your, Nothing. Your, your Radio 2 show. Yes. 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 <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> No, I love the Radio 2 show, and, yeah, anything. I mean, if, yeah, whatever you want. <laughs> uh, I've got a new play opening, which I, what I have written. Uh, I, uh, I met uh, an older actress who said that there are no parts for older women, that you disappear in the theatre when you're about uh, 45. Uh, so my play has five parts for women over 70. Um, Yay! 
Uh, it's called Silver Lining, and it opens in February uh, at the Rose Theatre in Kingston, and then it's touring right around the country. And the women are fabulous, absolutely oh. fabulous. Yay! Sarah? Oh, uh, nothing at the moment. You've got just... a DVD out, mate. Oh, I've got a DVD out. Um, it's only a fiver now. Uh, I'm not supposed to say that, I don't think. I'm supposed to say, why didn't you buy it before Christmas? Well, it was, I don't know, I don't care. Just, if you want it, get it now. It's a fiver. Uh, and I'm next on tour, probably next year, and that'll not be announced till mid-year, uh, probably June, July, I think, this year. Uh, but the main thing is standard issue. Um, we love it. We made it for you. Uh, it's an alternative to the, uh, I'm going to say bullshit, because that's what I really think, uh, that is currently out there, and uh, we, we hope you like it. That's it, admin done. And then done. Oh, um, there are more uh, more of these. Uh, let me plug. We've got one in February that's already sold out with Miranda Hart and Mel Gidroik and me. And then we've got uh, March the 27th with me and Victoria Corin Mitchell. And Sue Perkins is doing the May one. Um, so um, thank you very much, everybody, for coming tonight. Um, please spread the word of the magazine and the podcast. And please thank everybody you've seen tonight. Standard Issue for All Women.